for the week of January 8th, 2024. This is Diet Science with Dee McCaffrey. Dee's an organic chemist and a doctor in clinical nutrition who lost 100 pounds by staying away from processed foods. Every week on Diet Science, Dee covers a topic or two that's important for you and your family's health. This is your co-host, Michael McCaffrey. So, Dee, what's the topic for this week? This week, we are talking about a study that was published in the journal called JAMA Health Forum, mm-hmm. and it has to do with whether or not the taxes on sugary drinks in five U.S. cities made any kind of a difference in consumption uh, or purchase. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So the question always was, you know, uh, how do we regulate the consumption of sugar, mm-hmm. right? So the idea had come up, well, why don't we tax sugary drinks in the same way that we tax cigarettes and the same way that we can tax alcohol? Right. So which are the main ways that those substances are regulated as well? Right. So, um, and, and for the sake of full disclosure, our, our nonprofit has taken opinion when requested from certain cities when this topic comes up on in favor of this type of tax. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in favor of uh, regulation of sugar, the sale of sugar. Mm-hmm. And really right now that's the only real regulation we have is to put a tax on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like with when taxes went up on cigarettes, we did see people st- you know, quitting or cutting back on their uh, purchase of mm-hmm. cigarettes. So, mm-hmm. you know, and ho- we, we hope that that would have led to p- less smoking and improved health, mm-hmm. right? So, and that was main, the main goal of these taxes for sugar mm-hmm. drinks as well. So mm-hmm. there were five U.S. cities that introduced the taxes between 2017 and 2018. Those cities were Oakland, San Francisco, both are in California, and they're really right next to each other, pretty Mm -hmm. much. And then also in Boulder, Colorado, um, and Philadelphia, and Seattle. Mm -hmm. So those five cities, interestingly enough, um, the the prices rose on sugary drinks, and the purchasing dropped. And and was there any health effects that they can identify after that happened? Well, really, they can only make correlation on that. Obviously, we're not following people in a real true, uh, you know, observational study where you would say, okay, this, you know, ever since this tax went into effect, how much uh, sugary drinks did you uh, drink, you know, mm-hmm. during this period? Mm-hmm. There, there isn't any study on that. What they're really looking at is the sales Mm-hmm. You know what? Since the since the tax went into effect, and then the sales of those drinks, mm-hmm. and what we're talking about are uh, sugary drinks that would that you would purchase at like a fast food, mm-hmm. right? And then you know also the sugary drinks that you can just buy at the grocery store, you know, mm-hmm. and those include sodas and. Um, you know, other types of flavored drinks that have sugar in them and energy drinks mm-hmm. with sugar. So, um, so interestingly enough, they found that um, the, this tax actually really did work. Um, the prices of the, uh, the, the taxes increased the price. Um, some taxes range from one to two cents per ounce 
of of the drink. Mm. Um, so for like a two liter bottle, that would be about sixty seven cents to maybe a dollar thirty extra wow. in taxes. Yeah, and um, basically what they found was that. The prices went up by about 33%, and the purchases went down by about the same amount, 33%. Hmm. Yeah, so it works, <laughs> um, which was really good. Now, I do wish that there were some type of observational study that would have followed people through that time period and and followed their purchasing uh, habits of, of sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, there were some critics that, that indicated thought, you know, well, okay, so if you raise the price of sugar in Philadelphia, then, you know, what if people just go to the next town over and buy it over there? And they said that at first they did see sort of like a maybe an increase in sales in those other cities. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you look at it overall for all five cities, they did not see that trend. They did not see surrounding cities having an increase in their sugar drink uh, purchasing. Mm-hmm. So it so that you know was really more of an isolated e- event in the Philadelphia area that only happened more toward the beginning of the taxing. Mm-hmm. So uh, overall, it does seem to be having an effect. And of course, you know, we're, we were always in favor of this, mainly because we know that sugar is probably one of the biggest contributors to chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't realize that sugar was really the culprit in heart disease and in, and in um, insulin resistance and in uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, today we know that. And, and that's why there's such a public awareness campaign around this mm-hmm. and trying to take measures to, you know, encourage a decrease of a consumption of sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, the, you know, another thing that I noted as I read the study was that um, there's been an increase in the availability of sugar-free beverages, and that doesn't necessarily mean that those are sweetened with healthy sweeteners either. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are sweetened with aspartame or mm-hmm. sucralose or um, uh, aspart. Uh, I'm sorry, asulfame K, all three of which are uh, sweeteners that are have been shown to have ill effect as well. Mm-hmm. So just in different ways, so a lot of them, uh, a lot of those artificial sweeteners can disrupt the balance of good bacteria in the gut, mm-hmm. so they can affect, uh, you know, the overall health. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about that is that um, you know diet drinks, you know, obviously the the uh, target of that is to, you know, have a, a a beverage that doesn't have sugar that would then be intended to help someone lose weight. Mm-hmm. But then if you disrupt the, the gut microbiome, that can actually lead to weight gain. Hmm. So, so it has um, the, those diet drinks have somewhat of an opposite effect on people's health. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I have heard from people who tell me that they lose weight by cutting out soda altogether, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't really heard real big testimonials of people who say, oh, I just switched from regular soda to diet soda, and that was the, the thing that made me lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's typically not the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, But anyway, you know, where what I find this to be is that 
Um, it's a step in the right direction. And these were just five cities, uh, you know, out of the entire country that imposed this tax. So mm-hmm. maybe with this encouraging research, then other cities may adopt the same taxing regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is all about a public uh, health campaign to get people to reduce their consumption of sugar. It's just one w- more way that we can do it. Right. Absolutely. Anything yeah. more before we go, Dee? Um, no, that is it. I just, you know, you know, if anyone's, you know, if you're really a person who consumes sugary beverages and you're really looking to switch, you know, look for ones that are sweetened with stevia or monk fruit or even uh, the newer one that's out there now called allulose, which we did a podcast on previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some more healthy natural alternatives to those other artificial sweeteners. All right, Dee, thank you for another informative week. Diet Science is the official podcast for Process Free America. We're a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating childhood and adult obesity through nutrition education of both young and old. You can catch this podcast and lots of other great podcasts and articles at processedfreeamerica.org. This is Dee McCaffrey, and until next time, go forth and be healthy.